Welcome to Generation Podcast, where we have real conversation about what God is doing in this generation. Well, my name is Joshua Mann, and joining me again for the sixth time this series is Samuel Haywood. How are we, mates? So good. Six deep. We're doing it. We're getting there. We're, We're getting walking, Mum. <laughs> Six out of twelve, I think, in this season. So this is okay, halfway. Now the people know we're halfway there. Yes, we're halfway. So there. they got they got to sit through another six. Oh my gosh! Sorry, guys. Torture, torture. <laughs> um, so Sam, it, we are talking about it. Uh, it's a podcast where we talk about what God is doing in this generation. We're halfway. Mm. You shared in uh, the first podcast what you saw God doing. Uh, through our culture, in our church uh, that we are part of. What have you seen God do recently? Okay. I've seen God do something that if you read the Bible, it makes sense. But uh, if you're not kind of in tune with what God has typically done in history, you're like, why, why, why? We're getting smashed out here. So what we've seen is people get convicted uh, about idols. And what we kind of see in in the history of what God does when he really moves is he makes his people, his church uh, convicted so that they go, oh God, we need you. We can't do this thing by ourselves." Guilty. Yeah, That's guilty me. as charged all of us. We're like, oh, I'm idolizing approval and relationships and oh, I'm a mess. God, I need you. I'm so sorry. And then the church repents. And then when the church repents, the church goes, God, we're in. We just want you. We want to seek your face. We want your presence. And then revival revival breaks out. So be encouraged. Press into what God is doing. Like if God is convicting you of idols in your heart, it's because he's preparing you, making you a holy person so that when we take new ground, it's not just ground. It's holy ground. Oh, wow. It's holy ground. Oh, let's. I'm just ready. Yeah. Like God is so good. He's, what was that? It was a great plug. Solid plug for Holy Ground is little yeah. riding my segue <laughs> right on into that. Um, but be encouraged. Don't lose heart. Um, press into what God is doing yeah. right now. And um, this is so good. God exactly. Good. Exactly. And when you're convicted, don't run the other way. No. You know, don't say, oh, this is too hard. I hate it. And run. You, yeah. you lean into God, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. Don't confuse um, conviction with being offended. Because sometimes they feel really, really similar. Like if someone says something to you, for example, on a podcast, that's really not directed at you. And yet you find yourself going, hey, why would you say that to me? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't, we didn't say that to you. Don't confuse offense with conviction. Like if, if the Holy Spirit is bringing something up, something's bubbling to the surface, the more you want to be defensive, the more you should listen. Mm. I think that's a really good... Um, thing to take in life and um, if you're finding yourself up in arms uh, good press in yeah don't run away yeah well this episode uh, we are looking at the idol of success oh no <laughs> my soul's about to be laid bare okay again so the idol of success and look we're probably guilty of it just from thinking about this podcast right uh, we wanted it to go well um, and sometimes we find ourselves trying to idolize the success of this podcast or, or what have you. But when we're thinking about success, what does it look like? What is the idol of success? Yeah. So when we idolize success, we take a good thing and we make it a God thing. We don't want to say that success is bad. You know, failure isn't the 
best option. You know, <laughs> it's like, of course, success isn't bad. But um, when we're thinking about success, we're thinking what what is success defined as? It's it's the achievement of uh, an aim or a purpose. So yeah, yep. that's what we write down from the, the dictionary.com. Okay. Hey, I'll, I'll butt in here. Direct quote. Direct quote from the dictionary. The accomplishment of an aim or purpose. Yeah. So success is very, very simple. Um, when when we have an aim, we have a purpose, we have a project that we want to do, we're going to play a game of soccer, we think, okay, what does success look like for me? What is my aim? I'm going to score a goal. Yeah. If I score a goal, I've reached my aim. The problem is when we have this generalized sense in our life of I just want to be a success. I don't have value. I don't have meaning. I don't have purpose unless I have success. There's a sense of aimlessness to that, you know? Yeah. Like I asked you before we press record, what does it look like for Josh? You've just gulped because you're like, oh no, I don't <laughs> want to talk about What does it look like for Josh Mann to be a success? And you go, well, uh, I, I don't even know what the right answer is. <laughs> like there's, there's a sense of aimlessness that comes with success sometimes, mm. right? So anyway, that's, that's kind of how we would define success. Yeah. Achievement of an aim or a purpose. Yeah, and it's really broad, right? So It's so broad. Often we think of success, we think of you know, our career. Are we, are we going to be successful in our career? But it can, it's actually, it, it encompasses all facets of your life. You know, relationships, <laughs> that old chestnut from last <laughs> episode. Oh, we're back again. Um, you know, work, yes. But also like sporting achievements, sporting career. Uh, success can, you know, cover all sorts and all facets of your life. It's not just your working life, not just with your friendships and your family, but literally everything. You could strive to aim, strive for an aim or a purpose in any facet of your life, right? Um, yeah. And so success does come into absolutely every single corner of our existence, really. Yeah. And I think it's for generally for people it'll be specified into one area of their life so if you're thinking about a career you're like i just want to be the best in my field you could care less if you're the best tennis player in the world if you're trying to be the best doctor in the world so success becomes this sense of i need to be the best in my sphere in my field in yeah. in my workplace yeah. so it is broad but for the individual, it can be pretty narrow because you want to be good at you know what God has gifted you at. Typically, yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, and we're talking about a, a marker of success these days. How do we know if we're idolizing success? Um, this idea of wanting to be busy is—is is that? A, do you think that's a marker of of, of that this idol? I think it can be. Um, <laughs> we're about to at every single person on planet earth when we say this because everybody says that we're busy like if, if i would ask you how was your week it was busy how's your day it was busy yeah why do we okay let's talk about that why do we say that i think that for most of us busyness is a marker of importance because people who aren't important if you're not on camera i'm this is in inverted commas everybody's <laughs> important but we think if i'm not doing anything if i said to you um josh what did you do today and you said nothing it's like oh okay well your life doesn't have anything going on does it mm -hmm. you know you sat at home all day doing nothing waiting for something good to happen to you um and so busyness can become this sense of i'm important i have value people need me i'm doing important stuff therefore i'm busy Mm. 
So, so the reason why a lot of us, when, when, we, when I ask that question, how was your day, Sam? And you go, yeah, it was busy. We jump to that because we want to seem important. We want to seem successful because busyness is a marker of success sometimes. Yeah. And I think busyness, you don't have to be successful to be busy because when you say busy, you'll be like, I'm on the road to success. How was your week? Busy. I'm on the road. <laughs> what is I'm that? on the success road. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No one says No that. one knows what I'm saying. No, no one says I'm just, uh, whatever. No one says that. That was that. the dumbest thing I've said in this podcast. <laughs> You're going to keep it in, aren't you? Yeah, we're going to keep that in. All right, whatever. The road. I'm on the road. <laughs> I'm on the road to success. I'm on the road, dude. Um, okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. That's all right. That's all right. So business can be a marker of success, right? And when, mm. when someone says, how are you busy? We say that because we want to f- seem like we're successful. We want to seem like we're, we're on, the ro- on the road to success. Um, it's the real deal, bro. We're on the road. Exactly, exactly. But can success be a good thing? We're talking about idols, all idols, the th- to idols we've been um, thinking about are good things that we've turned into God things. Yeah. So can success be a good, is it created to be a good thing? Is success credit to be a good thing? Okay. Someone asked, I think it was Spurgeon, this question, right? I don't know if you guys know this story, but... Spurgeon, Sam Haywood, pretty much <laughs> Don't ever put those two <laughs> words together again. Um, so great preacher, you know, super phenomenal um, guy. Anyway, someone becomes a Christian and he's a bootmaker and he comes to Spurgeon. Look, if, if it's not Spurgeon, you know, email me, whatever. Um <laughs> Spurgeon, maybe not. Anyway, guy comes up to him and says, what do I do? I'm a bootmaker. I've become a Christian. Do I put little crosses on my boots now? <laughs> like, is that what it means for me? And Spurgeon says, no, you need to make the best boots in the world. Right? So what Spurgeon is getting at is he's saying, look, when you become a Christian, you don't need to give up being good at what you are doing and make a weird Christian version of what you are doing, like (laughs) boots with little crosses on them. You need to make the best boots. The question is, why? Why should I make the best boots? Am I trying to bring glory to myself so that people say, Josh, you make the best boots, man. Like your boots fit like no other, your boots look like no other boots. Or are you saying, look, God has given me this sphere of influence and he's given me these gifts. He's given me the ability to make boots. And you know what? The Bible says, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, even if it's making boots, do it to the glory of God. So when someone says, Josh, that's an awesome boot. You go, you know what? You know what? I do this for God. Like I might be able to have conversations with people in the boot industry hmm. about like how God's my motivation. Stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Well. Alrighty guys, we're going to take a break from our content to get to know Sammy Haywood a little better. Benjamin, take, take us away. Sam, just a quick question for okay. you. A bit of a social one. Um, oh, no. When do you think a meme <laughs> becomes funny again? For example, the one um, where that, like if you would pick up the phone <laughs> and do that, I would be in tears because I think that's hilarious. Or I think okay. YOLO's funny. When again. was Weather even cool? I think that was like 2003 Super Bowl. That's and then it died because it was like, stop answering the phone doing that. But like, I think... You might have done it to me once and hilarious <laughs> in the last six months. It's the, it's the unexpected callback joke. Mm. You know, like you, you tell a joke, you completely forget about it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 20 years later, mm. was that? Bang. It's hilarious. Do you yeah. think YOLO's funny again? No, I don't think so. I think it's funny. No. How is YOLO funny? YOLO was never funny. You only live once. But ironically, and I think if it's ironically funny... <laughs> it's like funny. if someone came... 
if one of you guys were just wearing a t-shirt and it just said YOLO. That's so funny. That's heaps funny. it's not. Like, what is this, 2010? Yeah. That's very You know. Well, thanks for your input, mate. No problem. Um, so it is a good thing. God wants us to use our gifts, the things that we're really good at here on earth, but he wants us to use them to honor him mm. and to build his kingdom, not build our kingdom. Mm. Uh, so that's what we mean by success. That's what we mean by uh, the fact that we as humans can idolize success. If we use our gifts to build our kingdom and get be successful just to, to build our name, to have our name in lights, so to speak, um, so mm, that is mm. success. That is the Isle of success. How does our culture view success? Mm. Wow. Um, a lot of people are talking about this right now. Um, some psychologists are saying that success is the alcohol of our generation. It's, it's our addictive substance where we go, I need success. I need my hit of success. I need this project to succeed, right? Work, 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 project, nail it. Um, And then after a couple of days, after the hype, you know, subsides, we go, okay, I need a new win. I need a new success. I need a new project. I need a new business. I need a new job. I just need something to win to be successful. And it becomes this addictive thing. And part of what's going on behind that is, And I know this firsthand. So many people in our culture think I don't have value or worth if I'm a failure. Like if my life train tracks, not train tracks, train wreck, train wreck. If my life, if my life becomes a train track, what the heck, Sam, you can't even speak today. (laughs) If my life becomes a train wreck, I don't have value. I don't have worth. And so I need to make sure that what I am doing, I'm successful at so that people give me value, so that people give me worth. And it's almost like the the religion of our culture. Yeah. Right? So we think um, heaven is, um, is success or success is the road to heaven, right? Success is my savior, which, which saves me from the hell, which is people thinking that I'm a loser, people rejecting me like they rejected me when I was a kid. Um, And heaven looks like all of the accolades and respect that come with being sexy or smart or successful. Mm. Right. Well, funny you should say that it's the alcohol, the drug of our generation because Mm. just last week um, a guest speaker came into our school that that I work at and he came and he, he was speaking on, at chapel. And one of his quotes, uh, that or one thing he said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, it might, might not be the exact quote. Um, he was sort of saying, you know what, I don't know many of you guys in this room, but I know that you're probably not going to change the world. Mm. Oh, that would have ruined and, their lives. And he obviously then went on to talk about wow. Jesus, how Jesus did change the world. But... That cut across the grain of so many students. Um, oh, and my gosh. Even just hearing that secondhand hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, students in, in, in my school were having big discussions about this. Biblically, it's, it's correct. Mm. It's, it's what the Bible says. We're a fallen generation, fallen people, but our culture doesn't want to hear that. No. What does our culture want to hear? Um, our culture, well, I want to hear you 
are special. You are more talented than everybody else, yeah. more gifted than anybody else. And you know what? You're going to rise above everybody else. You're the undiscovered secret of your generation. Yep, exactly. So when they're told that maybe they're not going to change the world, mm. it cuts across the grain. Yeah, it cuts across the grain. Because I think a lot of people get through life thinking the world just hasn't discovered me yet. Yeah. And when they do, it's going to be my name in lights. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And we talk about schools and you were saying that possibly schools have become little incubators of success. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of the goal behind a, behind a school is let's get, these, let's get these young people into universities. Let's get them good jobs. And I don't know, like the, the school system, you know, it's like... It's great. I'm a teacher. It's, it's, it's very good. It's amazing. And it's, it's with every good intention. Um, but we're pushing our kids so hard to be successful. And, and what they're saying is there's a disproportionate amount of kids now who want to be in really high level jobs like finance, um, medicine, law, and it's disproportionate. So it's like more people are trying to get in that. Than is that because they want to be successful? They want to be successful. So they want the, in the world's eyes, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm in finance, I'm a CEO, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and this is putting a whole lot of stress of achievement on uh, young people and what we're realizing is it's hard. It's so hard to be successful. Like so few people really make it. Um, and when we don't get the marks in school, when we don't get the marks in uni, when we fail at something, we think I'm not going to make it. My life might fail. And then there's this huge fear of failure that becomes crippling. And then this fear of failing in the future stops us from even trying. Well, like if I don't try, I can't fail. And so we have this huge amount of fear of failure, fear of the future, which is leading to depression and anxiety, which is now being labeled as an epidemic, right? So this is actually, I think, the, the consequence of idolizing success. And we see it, it's like statistically proven that we are in an epidemic of depression and anxiety right now. Yeah, wow. Which is wild. Yeah. It's so intense. That is intense. That, and I think it's because, they, as you said, there is that much pressure on students but also on young people to make a name for themselves. And when mm. that doesn't happen, they're literally crushed. Yes. Um, and so we as the church need to form a new identity for them, need mm. to form a new definition of what success looks like because the world's definition of success and what people are striving for in the world, it's broken. If we're seeing this rise in depression and anxiety as a result of not achieving goals, possibly it is broken. Um, yeah, there's always something good in it. There's always something redeemable in it. Yeah. You know, I think if um, you can kind of look at something and say, should we reject this completely? Should we receive this as it is? Or can we redeem it? And success, you think, there's something good in that. There is a heaven for everybody. Everybody has an idea of heaven. It's that thing that they, that perfect place that they get to. It's like, okay, Christianity has a, has a heaven. It has a, it has a sense of success, but you don't get there by being awesome. And that's why Christianity is such good news mm -hmm. because you can fail your way into heaven because Jesus is the successful one on your behalf because Jesus comes and goes, oh, just so you know, 
you're actually not going to make it. Let me let me tell you early so you don't spend your whole life striving to be good enough. You're not you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be good enough for God. Um so quit trying. Let me take your place, die for you, and you can live through my success in your relationship yeah. with God. Yeah. So our our culture really literally puts success on a pedestal. Literally idolizes that feeling of being successful, the the future, the bright future where you're earning money, great job, great ATAR, whatever it is, just so you can can feel approved. It comes back to approval at the end of the day, I think, uh, especially in my life. Um, I, I feel like I want to, everything I do, I feel like I want to succeed so that people will go, oh, Josh, man, he's pretty good at stuff. Mm. Um, but success, how how is that, the idol of success, how has that looked in your life? Oh, my goodness what a wild journey uh i preached on sunday about this so apologies if you've already heard me tell all of these stories um i idolize success unfortunately more than anything else and i kind of had this realization after i left um a church that i was at in the city where god kind of smashed me as i realized I I didn't think that my life had value or meaning or purpose or worth if I wasn't successful in my field, which for me is being a, a pastor or a preacher. And I was like, I genuinely don't think that I would have had value or purpose if I just flat out failed at that. And um, I flat out failed at that, you know? So like... Um, our church, our church closed and it was a mess and I was a broken mess and we won't get into reasons why it failed, but, um, I was depressed. I was broken. I was like, my life has no value. My life has no meaning turned to really unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, and it, it totally undid my whole life because it was my identity. And when your identity is taken away from you, um, you don't think that you do have value or or purpose. And so I was working so hard to be successful, doing all of the quote unquote right things and didn't get it. And uh, I remember at the kind of as, as, as I was processing all of this, um, a psalm really was healing to me. And it, the psalm says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And I thought, oh, I was laboring in vain because I wasn't allowing God to build his house how he wanted it to be built. Um, I was laboring in vain and uh, I was I was utterly and completely crushed, right? Um, and then I don't think I even got it at that point. I think it was, it was the seed of, hey, you idolize success. And then two months ago, I'm sitting in a Bible study, um, doing something unrelated in our Bible study. And then it just hits me as if God just said to me, you're a workaholic. And you know, when God says something to you, um, you actually hear it. Like people had been telling me, ah, you're a workaholic for years. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like I'm busy. I'm important. Yeah. But when God said you're a workaholic, the holic, you know, it's like when someone says alcoholic, it just has that grossness to it. Yeah. It was like workaholic became suddenly for the first time a dirty word. Like you're an addict. You're addicted to work 
because you don't think that you have purpose without success. And it undid me because I realized I can't fix my heart. Like I know God, I'm such a mess. And then I go home that night, I'm literally in my room, on my face, on the floor, tears coming out of my eyes, going, God, you, you called me to your church and I used this calling to worship the idol of success, not you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like that's so wrong. Yeah. Were you using the gifts that God get, gave you to build your kingdom, yes. not his kingdom? I was building the wrong kingdom. And I it just it just messed me up, dude. And I just cried out to God. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for just doing whatever I thought was going to make my name end up in lights, mm. you know, and not the name of Jesus. And it they look so similar, dude. Especially in ministry. And especially like to build my kingdom and to build God's kingdom, they're like mirror images of each other, you know, like to build the church or to build a successful ministry for me. It's like they kind of look the same, but man, I got smashed. So anyway, wrap it up. I get smashed and I'm like, okay, this is a big problem. This is a really, really big problem. And this is an affront to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, please change my heart. I actually know that I can't change my heart. Um, I need you to change me and I'm so sorry. And then when I did that, um, for the first time in my life, this peace just flowed through me. It was like cool rushing water as this fear of failure that had that had gripped me my whole life suddenly left this fear of failure and i realized in that moment um success is just this brutal taskmaster and jesus is an incredible burden carrier it was amazing wow i'm still on the journey but i know that that the Holy Spirit is changing my heart. Yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, and I guess it's so easy to get caught up in that when you when you are a minister, when you're a pastor and ministry is your career. It's so, it, Honestly, it's dangerous. Yeah. Because we've said this earlier, um, what Satan wants to do is take the thing that, that God has given you, like the biggest gift that, that you have, he's, Satan's going to try and turn that into an idol that you worship. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not just in ministry; it can be in other careers. Every it, career, it's yeah. just it's just being attentive to God and and what He wants for your life and building His kingdom rather than trying to build your build your kingdom. Mm. Um, so looking looking at the Bible, which is always a great thing to do, uh, and looking at what the Bible says about this idol, um, we sort of were talking about the idea of stewardship rather than success. Yeah, which is a really interesting thing because someone, um, after I shared that story at church on Sunday, someone came up to me and said, what does it mean for you then to have a successful sermon, right? And I was like, oh, uh, that's interesting. So I really thought about it and I was like, I don't know what a successful sermon is because God could want to do something that's completely different one week than, than the next, like one week, one week, he might just be like, my people just need to see this and get convicted. And another week he might be like, my people are beat up and they just, you know, so I, you just don't know. So what I said to him was really, when I think about it, for me, it means to be obedient, obedient 
to God. Like for me, after this full-on realization about idolizing success is dangerous, what do I do? As a, as a Christian, what's the goal? I think it's obedience. Mm. And, and you said stewardship. It's obedience to what God has called me to do and is calling me to do. And it's a stewardship of the gifts that he's given yeah. me. And use those gifts to build his kingdom. Not mine. And not yours. Yes. Um, so just a couple of uh, passages in the Bible that specifically talk about success. Colossians 3, the classic example when we're talking about work. Uh, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord. Uh, mm. That's exactly what we just said. Build his kingdom, not your kingdom. Yeah. Okay. That's a really helpful verse for people who are just working for somebody else as well, which is most people who, who are not the boss. Um, work for that person as if you were working for the Lord. Yeah. Because you are working for the Lord. You know, so if someone, um, I, I worked in a cafe and um, my boss wanted, he couldn't fire me. But he didn't like me. Because you're good at pouring flat whites. I was very good at pouring flat whites. He didn't like me, so he wanted to get rid of me. So he put me on dishes for three months. And I was like, uh, my value does not come from being in the best position in this cafe. I was like, I'm going to enjoy doing dishes and it's going to just frustrate the heck <laughs> out of him. And I'm going to do dishes better than anyone's ever. Maybe the idol of success was coming up. But I was kind of like, I'm going to do dishes for the glory of God. Yeah. And he, you know, he was just like, this is, this is super weird. This guy's enjoying, he's enjoying his job. And then when I left, we had a conversation about it. And he was like, you know, when I put you on dishes, I actually tried to break you. <laughs> I wanted you to leave. And you just, you just got in there and you, you enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah, my value doesn't come from this job. You know, like mm. my value is coming from God and whatever you call me to do, um, I'm going to do it for the glory of God. And it's like, what? That's crazy talk. And that's what God is calling us to do because when we take what God's given us, say it's making coffee, say it's at uni, and we're just pouring all of ourselves into it with an amazing attitude um, for the glory of God, it's likely that people are going to go to you, why? Like your boss treats you like crap. Why? Why are you just serving, pouring out your life? He's like, I'm not serving him. Yeah. What do you mean you're not I'm serving Jesus? Yeah, that's cool. That's weird. What do you mean you're serving Jesus? And you, you know, get yeah. a good conversation out of that's that. That's good. That's awesome. And then I think my, my personal favorite when we, when a verse when we're talking about success is Luke 10, 20. It says, do not rejoice in this. And this was the disciples who were casting out demons and by the work of the Holy Spirit. I think, is that the context of it? Yeah. Um, it says, do not rejoice in this, the casting out demons and all that. Rejoice that your names are in heaven. Mm. So Jesus is sort of saying, you know what? Yes, that's good. You're driving out demons. The Holy Spirit is working. But yes, you're doing our ministry, but do not rejoice just in this. Yeah. The greatest thing you can rejoice in is the fact that your names are in heaven. And we've been saying this whole podcast, you know, people want their names in lights. You know, Josh Mann, if I if I build my kingdom, then my name's gonna my name is gonna name is gonna be in lights, everyone's gonna see it, everyone's gonna know who I am. But if we're more excited about that than our name's name being in heaven, mm. that's an idol. Yeah. Because that's success. Like when you really, really boil down the meaning of life, 
it's what happens after death. You know, like that's the big Mm. question. Like this time on earth is so fleeting. If you need success in anything, it's am I going to be right with God when I die? If you believe in in Jesus, um, Jesus went through life looking like he was utterly failing, you know, Jesus, like the problem, like the Bible says that the the wages of sin is what? Is death. Like death is the failure of sin. The big epic fail of humanity is death, right? What does Jesus do? Dies. Yeah. So like, oh, that was the big climactic thing that Jesus did. He died. Um, okay. Was that a success or a failure? Mm. In the eyes of man, it was a mega big fail. Like Jesus, the one thing you were supposed to come and save us from. And it got you too. Until he rose again, Mm. victorious, success. And say, you know what? I defeated the one thing that you were going to fail inevitably. You have success over death and sin Rejoice that your name is now written in the book of heaven. It doesn't matter what you fail at here on earth. Who cares if you get the job? Who cares if you get the girl? It might sting. It might hurt. But rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. Yeah, well, and that's that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna hold on to. Yeah, the fact that our name is written in heaven. Yeah. Um, so moving forward, uh, how how can we get over this this idol? Of success, we've actually got a question. Uh, mm. Someone wrote in and, and asked us a question. Uh, Katrina uh, on uh, uh, Instagram wrote this: "How do you appreciate the blessing of success without it consuming you?" Mm. The first thing: recognize if it is or isn't an idol in your life, because if it is, it will consume you, um, because you'll feel like without it, um, your life doesn't have value or purpose or meaning. Um, but When you do realize that your value, your purpose, your meaning comes from Christ's death and resurrection on your behalf, um, suddenly you can take success and put it in its proper place, right? Um, The proper place is glorifying God. So if blessing um, is poured out on your life and you have success, you can say, God, you're so good. Thank you. Thank you. And when you enjoy the success that you have, you can say, God, thank you. Thank you so much for this. You're so good. And you can use it to the glory of God, you know, by being generous or using it as a platform for other people. Yeah. So acknowledge where that success is coming from. Yeah. And that's God. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And 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 when you're doing that, you are you are praising God. You're praising him. When you're acknowledging that it is God that's giving you success, Mm. you you're faithful, you're being faithful to what he has called you to do. Um, and so I, th- I think we, we might leave it there. I think the, the one thing that we've got to remember is God has given us gifts. Uh, there are amazing people in our community. There are amazing people uh, sitting around this table right here in this studio. Um, but the most important thing is we need to use the gifts that we've been given to build God's kingdom mm. and not our kingdom. But above all, the one thing that we need to realize is that we have success in heaven because Jesus gave it up on our behalf. Yeah. Right? 
So, well, I, I hope I hope that's been an interesting uh, listen for you guys. I hope uh, you guys are, are joining the conversation when we're talking about idols, uh, specifically this this one in success. Uh, have conversations about it with your with your small groups, with your friends, with your family, because idols they they don't go away when when we when we hide them or we try to cover them up. We you need to repent. You need to speak about them. And we're hoping that this is one amazing way to start a conversation. Mm. Start a conversation about approval, start a conversation about relationships, start a conversation about success. So thank you so much for listening. Please talk about it. Uh, answer some, uh, ask some questions if you want. Send them in. We'll, we'll have some fun trying to answer them. But always remember that renewal in our generation must start with a renewal of our hearts. Thanks, guys. All the episodes of The Generation Podcast have been brought to you by 10 amazing people from St. Paul's Castle Hill. Specifically, we want to thank Matthew Bond and Daniel McGowan for bringing this podcast to life. Thank you so much for your faithful service, guys.